0: Here we go, boys. Go. Ooh, I love that sound. This is a good one. hello everybody welcome to the full scale outdoors podcast i'm dale lugan bill here is your weekend recap and rant uh what do we got going on this past weekend i did some some uh duck hunting we uh took the boats out and a couple boats uh, um as nolan wanted to use his big old bow fishing rig to get everything out there which was actually pretty cool held a Held a lot of decoys and people, which I mean that's pretty cool. And it's a sick rig. So I mean I'll give a little like uh, unpaid advertising shout out to uh, Boyer's Customs, um, Nate Boyer. He can he can build a boat. Now I mean this thing it's one of those big giant fan boats. It's all black. I mean I think the full scale outdoor stickers really put it over the top but I might be a little biased, um, but it's a cool boat, man. So I was actually kind of cool to see it in, in action, even if we we're duck hunting. So obviously we weren't hunting out of it. We, we ditched the boats and hunted from shore. Really didn't see a ton. Um, so, yeah, it was it was me, Mike, Joel, Austin, Nolan, and Nate. I hadn't hunted with Nate in a while, so it was kind of cool. Um, wasn't that great? I mean that we we saw some birds around, and it was windy out of the southeast. Uh, but they just didn't really want a decoy. Um, we shot a couple mallards, three mallards, I think, to be exact. And I think that's it. Worked some geese, but they didn't really commit good enough to get a shot. Um. Then that was that was pretty much that. So. Not not that great. Sorry, not not much to report there. Um, Sunday, uh, so Joel went scouting on Saturday afternoon, and uh, I made a concession. Uh, happy wife, happy life, kind of a thing. Took the wife out to eat. We had a nice dinner. But anyways, I also oh, dude, I I ate lunch after that because we got up like you know three thirty, crazy early, and. Got home, ate lunch, sat down for a second, forget about it. Boom. I mean, I fell asleep. It was ridiculous. Started a movie and, like, didn't watch any of the movie. Just gone. So I woke up. I was a wreck. I wasn't going to do anything. But thankfully, Joel found the gumption to go out and, and scout. And he found a good mallard feed, actually. Uh, field mallard feed. So that was kind of exciting. And so windy, cloudy conditions they are calling for on Sunday. West winds. Uh, We had pretty high hopes. Uh, So we go out there. We had to walk in. I mean, the field was soggy. It was probably going to happen anyways, but the farmer was pretty um, adamant, like, don't drive in, which, you know, once we got, like like I said, once we got the fields, like, well, I I wouldn't have drove in this field anyways. Uh, So we had to walk everything in. Uh, so we opted to just use the dive bombs. We brought ten dozen out there, set up five to start, and then I had uh, we had five spinners, spinning wing decoys out. And as we're setting up, we did have like a I don't know thirty rack of mallards fly over, but they weren't they didn't really work the field at all, and we weren't even set up, so it didn't matter. I was like, well, hopefully that's not the morning flight. Uh, the morning was pretty slow, though. Nothing was really moving right away, even though it was cloudy and windy. I guess they are they were sitting still, and a couple of little flurries started to float around in the air, and we saw some birds moving around. First ones were geese, uh, so we started doing the old uh, spinner dance. Turn them off, sh- turn them on, turn them off, turn them on, turn them off, turn them on, see some ducks in distance or whatever, turn them back on. So I was getting irritated with that, but. Thankfully, we had them out there, because uh, then a big wad of mallards came in, and we didn't have time to turn the other ones on. I don't have remotes on mine. I have four, and I don't have remotes for them. I actually, I bought remote the kits for them, but they didn't work, and I mean, I just haven't. That's my laziness. I haven't taken the time to send them back in and get them replaced or do whatever I need to do, but so that that part's on me, but thankfully, Mike's one has a remote on it, and his... So, we just had the one spinner going, and apparently it was good enough, so we got the that first flock worked us pretty good. We were able to shoot into that. I don't remember exactly how many we got out of it. It was like four or five or something like that, and I, of course, my gun was being stupid, it jammed up. We had another uh, another pretty good wad i mean there were dude, there was tons of ducks flying around, and it didn't all work us, but there was and i mean hundreds hundreds. Usually, like, when you go out to North Dakota to find stuff like that. and So it was pretty cool to find them relatively close to home. And uh when this flock was flying around, there was a darker one in there we thought. We all thought for sure it was a black duck. And when they flew over, you could tell it was darker. And then I kind of looked behind us, and she looked really dark from behind. I was like, that's a black duck for sure. And as luck would have it, they worked around. Put on quite a show. We were able to shoot into that wad, and uh, we got her. But once we got up to her, like, no, that's not a black duck. That's just a mallard. I wouldn't say just a mallard, though. I mean, if anybody uh, listened to this, follow me on Snapchat. I, I snapped it. You'll you'll know what I'm talking about. But she definitely has, I guess I can't say definitely, but I'm pretty sure she has some black duck in her lineage somewhere because her speculum isn't exactly blue like a mallard. It's kind of more purplish. She does have the white the white on her wings, though, so for sure mallard-esque. And even the color on her bill wasn't exactly like mallard orange, so it had some tints of green in it. And pretty sure somewhere down the line there's at least one or two black duck jeans floating around in there. Probably not enough to convince the CEO, so still going to count towards our mallard limits. <laughs> so... Uh yeah, so we had those flurries of activity and uh we ended up being what, six shy of a four man limit. And we hung it out hung out a little bit longer, the geese started to work. Um uh, but again, like we had our spinners going when we'd get a decent flock to work and so they wouldn't finish and we had one kinda come in, should have died, um uh, but Joel didn't didn't get it. It was on his side. Uh, so it was kind of a sketchy shot, but uh eh, not really. He should have killed it. But anyways, we didn't get that one. That was kind of our one honker chance. We could have had more, but we 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 kind of went into the day going, this is a duck hunt, and so like if we saw ducks flying around and geese at the same time, we left the spinners on and we called the ducks and we didn't call the geese. We're like we're making our choice to pursue these and not those so we might have been able to put some more geese on the ground had we you know chose to go after geese instead of ducks but we didn't and uh it's kind of just amazing how it can be a slow morning i mean if you if you look at if it was a pie chart of time spent in the field (laughs) like the fun part or the active part versus the you know setup and and waiting pie chart it would have been a sliver of activity that morning but that sliver of activity made the whole morning worth it. It was a great time. It's been a long time since I've got to work mallards like that, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So I chalked that up to a success for sure. And then uh, the rest of the Sunday night, ran over to Nick Johnson's. We recorded uh, an episode, tried to bang out a couple Waterfall Wednesdays, but the second one we did, I don't know, didn't press the right button, so didn't record. God, I can't believe at this stage in the game I'm still pulling – stupid bonehead moves like that so but we do have a waterfall wednesday for you this week sorry we didn't have one for you last week our schedules just did not the stars did not align it just it just didn't work out uh, so you're getting one this week so stay tuned for that um it was a fun one and then we'll we'll figure time we'll make sure we'll get some more for you don't you hurry about that uh and also uh, I'll probably release that right after this because I didn't even have a main episode last week, just slacking on everybody. Uh, but last night I went over to uh, Paul Gazzoni's house, met up with Jake Kuchmeister, and we did a episode or like, uh, well I guess we can call it an annual, the annual preseason Minnesota Made Outdoors episode. And uh, even had Leif from the the number one team, the champs, one one of two champs, come in and, and sit in. And So that was – had a really good time talking with those guys. Uh, I think that's like a four-hour one, <laughs> which seems to always happen when I get together with those guys. But, man, we had a good time. So you can look forward to that this week as well. So there's your weekend recap. Uh, for the rant, I see something popped back up, um, something we shouldn't have to worry about for a while. But I did lament the last time I was out uh, open water fishing, and even though it was cold, we did go, you know what's not out here? Wake boats. Nice. And then I happened to see on Facebook today, uh, there's a big thread in one of the bass fishing groups that um, Minnetonka is looking at maybe imposing some restrictions on wake surf boats. And it was interesting. the The thread was interesting. On the surface, I was like, "Hell yeah, screw those things, ban them outright." Um, but honestly, they were trying to be somewhat fair, and they're like going to give them like a time of the day. You know, like no wake boats before eleven or something like that. To you know, generally the fishermen are going to be on the water earlier, and you know, and it's not just fishermen. Obviously, they affect kayakers and canoers and paddle boarders and you know, and that's the thing with wake boats and you've heard me bitch about it multiple times but it's like it's the one recreation that affects all the other recreations to a great degree you know far more than a fishing boat when it creates a wake when it goes like it's not it's not even remotely comparable and then you bring up uh the soil erosion from the the oversized waves and one of the things I didn't quite agree with, but I could kind of see it, but this seems like an old fart, get off my lawn kind of a thing, is they were complaining about the music, too. I know they have those big speakers on there, and some people like to blast loud music. That doesn't bother me personally as much, and that's just more of a... I mean, unless you're you're trying to meditate to some Zen yoga or whatever, and it's that's impeding your... Uh, ability to do that effectively I mean that seems like a pretty specific thing, but I don't quite buy into the sound argument so much and even in the one article I read it talked about and oftentimes the lyrics are vulgar okay whatever um however the other parts of the wakes being a problem and the erosion I do take issue with but what I found interesting in this thread is um you know the wake boats kind of had some allies in a roundabout way from some unlikely sources. And I don't think they're entirely wrong. I'm not sure where I sit on it yet. I'm have to. i going to have to mull this idea over my mind a little bit. But they talked about the slippery slope of if you start putting restrictions on that, you kind of crack the door open for these lake... Um, association people to maybe they don't like these early morning starts of big bass tournaments. You know, you got 30, 40, 50 boats out there or something. And maybe, maybe they're like, it's too early in the morning. You can't start your tournaments until 10 or, you know what I'm like? The argument is careful what you wish for. You just might get it. Like if you, if, if we allow them to control how we recreate on public waters, even though we might agree with them on this particular thing, down the line, it might creep into our pastime, our hobby, our passions. So we really need to take it with a grain of salt. And like I said, I don't think they're entirely wrong about that. Um, it was something I hadn't quite, to be honest, I hadn't quite thought about. I know I'm very uh, opinionated when it comes to wake boards and wake boats, but uh, I never really thought about it that that much. However, (laughs) I do still hate them, Um, and I also do think there's validity to the fact that they erode the shoreline, and that they do affect everybody else on the water. Like, it's not, it's, you know, somebody goes on a kayak, you don't affect anybody. Someone goes out, generally in a fishing boat, you don't really affect anybody. It's a small wake, it's not, it's nothing big, and... The other problem with it, and maybe you should have to take, pass a license. Maybe you need a wakeboard specific uh, license or something because it seems the people that are operating these boats are some of the least skilled captains on the water, if you will, and uh, they do really stupid shit. Like I've seen them go right over super shallow water, and it's like, oh you are your skeg is gonna be destroyed or your props gonna get all chewed up. I mean you just you can to the point that when you're scanning a lake, you can see. You you can see the skeg marks through the sand and stuff like some of these people, I mean they're keeping prop companies in business. Uh it's crazy. That and the distance to um other boaters, like they just don't seem to care. They'll go right pay. you can be up on the bow of your deck Working a, a shoreline or a point or whatever, and they'll they'll zip within forty yards of you. They don't give a shit, and that's just like you wouldn't like two fishermen generally wouldn't do that. Every now and again, you get a, you get the random asshole, but it seems like there is an inordinate amount, a high percentage of assholes who drive wakeboards there. I said it out loud, and I and I don't feel bad about it. It just seems they're just like, oh, it's a free country. I'm going to do it. I can do what I want you know although one of the other things they talked about is is imposing kind of a a buffer zone from shore with the wake boats like they have to be a certain distance away which again i think is fair because they do cause erosion and you know i if if bass boats are doing that or fishing boats were doing that i could i could see that um But they did bring up, again, the slippery slope. They're like, well, we don't want you banging your jigs off our dock, so now you can't fish within X distance of a dock. It's like, seems like a stretch, but if you use your imagination, you can also see that that's a possibility. So like I said, I haven't completely formulated where I stand on this issue other than I hate wake boats, and I just wish they weren't a thing, and I hope the fad dies and they pick up kite flying or something. I don't know, but... Damn it, I hate those things. But again, it's November. Not going to have to worry about it for a few months. (laughs) The uh, ice is going to be, or the water is going to be nice and hard with ice here. So that shouldn't be a problem. And I'm very much looking forward to that. And like I said, I did the, uh, I'm really jonesing for it now. So I picked up some line. I picked up some soft plastics. um, I got some custom. Uh, tight line rods from Kishler's Customs. I need to go pick those up. Super excited for that. Uh, I'm just going to throw him a quick plug here. Uh, this is unpaid advertising too for Alan Kishler and Kishler's Customs. Check him out on Facebook, Kishler Customs LLC. And if you're looking for a killer gift for Christmas as we're coming up, you know, start dropping hints, fellas, or ladies, if you want one, drop hints to your your, your man or your lady. I'm not judging. <laughs> uh, to your significant other, how about that? Uh, if you got somebody that you know is a fisherman and, and they're like, I don't know what to buy them. They seem to have everything. I'm telling you, get them a custom rod. Custom rod. They're so awesome. And you know they can put. He can put your name on it. You can put a saying on it. You know he put the full scale logo on it for me. And it's my favorite rod. I know you guys are probably tired of me saying it, but I just Love the damn thing. Any excuse to use it. So, uh, great gift idea uh, for Christmas. Uh, whether you get like a certificate or you just order, you know, order him one and he can unwrap it on Christmas day or morning or whatever. Uh, get a hold of Alan, and you will not be disappointed. So I can't wait to get my hands on these uh, tight line rods. I ordered some Schooley reels today, as a matter of fact. So between all that and doing the podcast with giz and Jake and Minnesota made we need some cold weather well I'm, I'm let's let's go here let's let's get into ice fishing I'm ready to uh, start popping some holes and doing the dance so uh kind of a short one today this uh this week but there is your weekend recap and ran I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in uh do me a favor share it with all your fishing and hunting buddies, uh, if they are podcast people, help spread the word about podcasts in general. I mean, it's, it's kind of weird to me that it's still some people are like, What's a podcast? So I don't just let people know. There's a different form of a uh, content provider for outdoor stuff available to them and uh, get them into the old podcast realm. It's fun. I love it. I listen to a bunch of them. Uh, with that said, stay tuned to uh, the Facebooks and the, and the social medias because, uh, of course, we've got that virtual ice show coming up with uh, Doug Blimberveen from SmackDown Outdoors Podcast and uh, Patrick Patches Olsen from the Lone Angler Podcast. Uh, we've got a bunch of great companies lined up. It's going to be three days of, of the latest and greatest ice fishing stuff. I'm so pumped up for that. I can't wait. That's going to be a ton of fun. So, yeah jacked up uh this could be a good season and i can't wait so with that said thank you again for tuning in and whatever your passion pursue it full scale one of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on waypoint tv don't miss primo's truth about hunting wednesday nights at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app.